Hi and welcome. This is The Women Who Bring to Life What's Next, a podcast series by Capgemini Invent. In this series, we explore how some of the world's most successful women leaders transform their businesses, connect humans and technology, and make a difference in the world. My name is Courtney Pace. I'm the head of strategy and head of private equity for Frog, a Capgemini Invent company. Today, I'm joined by Salma Hassan Ali, an extraordinary storyteller. Salma, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So your professional title is storyteller, but you've also coined another name for yourself, story seeker. Tell us what that means. Sure. Yes. Story seeker. It's a word I've come up to capture really what I do. I think perhaps even better than storyteller. In fact, it's the word that I start my book with. And for me, it means someone who gently uncovers the ordinary stories that make our life extraordinary. I think our stories are the most precious things we have. It's what makes us who we are, right? Our stories give our life meaning. And they're unique to each one of us. No one has experienced life quite like you have, Courtney, or quite like I have. But our stories, I think, hold the power to really connect us with each other in profound ways. I love that theme that our ordinariness can connect us. So tell us about your journey here and the pivotal moments along the way. Okay, well, let me tell you a story. So I graduated from college. I studied political science at Columbia, did a master's degree there in international affairs. And I never thought that 35 years later, I would have storyteller as the title on my business card. I didn't think that existed as a profession. And I worked for various international organizations, always in the field of writing and editing, communications and media in Geneva and Stockholm, Paris and New York. And when there was a pause in my career, when we moved back from Europe to the United States, I wanted to take some time to write my own story. I had focused on writing stories of others or stories around different themes. But often we don't take the time to really think about our own story or write it down. And even as a writer, I didn't make that time available. So I wanted to write the story of how my family came to this country from Pakistan, what that experience was like as a seven-year-old and capture it so that my kids would know where they're coming from. And my parents would understand that their sacrifices, their challenges meant something. And I took a writing class, a personal essay writing class. So I would have a homework assignment, a sense of accountability, a deadline. And then I sat my parents down. I interviewed them. I learned so much about my own story that I didn't know. And I had the story that I read to my kids and they were amazed. I read to my parents and they had tears in their eyes. And that's it. That was the purpose of that story, just to have a record of it. But then I met a friend who is a freelance writer, and I asked her, you know, perhaps I'll try freelance writing for a little while. How does one break into this field? And she said, send me something you've written. I had written this story for a class. I sent it to her. She said, it sounds really interesting. Send it to the Washingtonian, which is a a big deal magazine here in Washington, D.C., read by many and respected by many in the area. I thought, why would the Washingtonian be interested in my ordinary story of how my family came to this country. But I figured I have nothing to lose. I sent it to an editor there. And three days later, they called me and said, we want to talk to you about the story. And it ended up being published. 
perhaps the first time that a story about a Pakistani family, a Muslim family, was in the pages of the Washingtonian. And what happened afterwards is what changed my life. It was wonderful to see our story reflected in this magazine. Certainly, my family and friends bought many issues. But then they had included my email at the end. And I started getting feedback from so many people of different backgrounds, from different countries, of different faith and cultural traditions, all with a particular theme. And it's summed up by this beautiful message that I received from a Jewish woman. And I have it next to my desk to always remind myself about this, the power that stories have. And she wrote, I was struck with how similar you and your faith and values are to my family. I'm a Jewish woman who grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, but my grandparents and their families were from all over Europe. They too came to America when their respective countries had civil and political strife. Your struggles are identical to ours in terms of our wanting to pass on traditions, worrying up about perceptions from the public and the trials and tribulations of raising our children and grandchildren and passing on our core values. I realize that people from all over the world have more similarities than differences, and your writing brings that to light. For me, that was my aha moment. I realized that sharing our stories can have a profound impact on other people's lives in terms of getting to know people that they may not meet or get to know otherwise. So your piece in The Washingtonian gets published and you begin making these amazing connections with people all around the world. Tell us where you go from there. Right. So there's one project that I focused on for the past dozen years, and it's actually a book that I just produced called 30 Days Stories of Gratitude, Traditions, and Wisdom. And it takes place during the month of Ramadan. I wanted to teach my kids the essence of this month beyond fasting. It's about being good and being kind and caring for others and really being our best selves. So each year we took a theme and we wrote a blog each day for 30 days. The first year it was 30 days, 30 deeds, then 30 gratitudes, then 30 wisdoms, 30 inspiring stories, and so on. You know, when it started, it was at a time when Instagram and TikTok weren't really playing a vital role. So it grew very organically. Neighbors shared it with neighbors and friends forwarded it to friends. And it grew and it reached a large international audience from Australia to Zambia, A to Z, and every country in between. People of faith or no faith. And again, for me, it was the power of the storytelling, the ordinary stories that make our life extraordinary. So how long have you been doing storytelling in total, would you say? At least 12 years, as I saw the power that stories have to connect individuals. So I developed a storytelling consulting business. And through that, I help individuals capture some aspect of their personal story interview them, help them draw out the nuances and the emotions and write their story or help them write it. It's always amazing to me when I read their story back to them using their own words, their own sentiments. And every single time the person has tears in their eyes, somehow they never really understood the beauty or the profundity of their own story until it's reflected back to them. I also work with nonprofits and businesses in a variety of ways from doing 
storytelling workshops. And that's been actually very meaningful post-COVID. So many companies and organizations were working remotely. And as people are coming back to the office, to have this kind of storytelling sharing really helps build a culture of trust and a sense of community back in the office. So I've been doing storytelling workshops and also helping organizations and people figure out why they do what they do and really craft a brand story. And I think that's so important for organizations to be able to connect with their audience, whoever that is, through a personal story, through what inspires them, what motivates them. So from your perspective, why is personal storytelling so important? I think it's because it builds trust. And that is the most important thing between individuals in a company, between a leader and the people that he or she leads, and between a business and whatever they're trying to promote or sell or advance or advocate for. I think trust is fundamental, and stories do that. When you speak from the heart, you touch another person's heart. There's so much power in that. And it sounds as well, just from the examples that you gave, that it's also a super powerful way for self-reflection and to get to know yourself and your own motivations as well, just going through the act of having to write down and reflect and look back on the past. Exactly. Our stories are the most important legacy that we can leave. It's what has given our life meaning, the lessons that we've learned, the wisdoms that we've gained. To pass that on to future generations, I think, is so important. And there's a beautiful quote that each one of us is mortal, but it's our stories that will endure. I love that. Would you be able to share an example of how an organization that you've worked with in the past has used storytelling and taken that into action in some way? Absolutely. In fact, I'm working with a nonprofit organization and they celebrated their 25th anniversary and they wanted to mark that occasion in some really profound way. It's called Nature Sacred. And what they do is create green spaces in places where you wouldn't have access to green, to a park or to a garden, in inner cities, for example, in prisons, in hospitals, in schools and communities. So they work with a community to create an oasis of green. Then they put a bench, a beautiful bench made out of old pickle barrels. And under the bench, they have a little shelf and they tucked a weatherproof yellow journal. And they weren't quite sure what to expect, but two or three weeks later, they visited that bench, pulled out the journal, and saw that it was filled with people's reflections. So they've been doing that in spaces for the past 25 years. They've created 120 of these sacred places. So when I heard about this, I thought there must be some amazing gems captured in these yellow journals. So... I worked with the CEO and went through several hundred journals to find out the lessons and the wisdoms and just the hope and empathy that's captured in these journals. I created a book, a beautiful, handmade, limited edition book of wisdoms, life lessons, 
really these treasures that people wrote in these journals for people that they'd never get to meet, for the next passerby who happens to sit on the bench, and for whom they left a piece of hope. Amazing. Has anyone reached out who was one of the original story leavers in one of the yellow books? Well, we're just in the process of marketing the book and putting it out there. So we'll see. I'm, I'm sure many will be happy to see that their life lessons have been captured and that they are able to inspire so many people through this book. Amazing. Amazing. So having been in this space for so long, from your perspective, how is the storytelling industry evolving? Well, I think people are realizing and organizations, businesses are realizing the power that stories have to motivate, to lead, to persuade, to encourage action. And previously it was called marketing or public relations or branding and brand strategy. Now it's really focused on storytelling. And in fact, it's backed by science. There's more and more research being done to corroborate how effective storytelling is. In fact, I was just reading about some research from Princeton University, where through scans and imaging, they found that when someone is listening to a story, their brain waves actually start to synchronize with that of the storyteller. Not only is there an emotional connection about what you're revealing and what you're saying, but there's actually a physical connection. So realizing this power and tapping into it for any industry and every industry is a huge opportunity. Uh, and I hope I can play some role in that. That's incredible, this story about the brainwaves. Absolutely. How have you seen the influence of technology change storytelling or not? Right. I think technology has had a profound influence. For example, I, I talked about the 30 Days blog when I started 12 years ago. It was an organic way for people to share the blog post. They would just forward it by email or on Facebook, and it grew in that way. And now the power is incredible because you've got all of these social media tools that are in the hands of each of us and all of us. We are, are storytellers, and we have that power through social media and through technology to really get our stories out there. I mean, take, for example, one of my most favorite storytellers. It's Brandon Stanton, the guy who started Humans of New York. It is incredible how the stories that he captures, and, he, you know, of course, you have to capture the story in a certain way with honesty, with humility, with a rawness so that it speaks to people. But he talks to people in New York City and his Humans of New York blog and social media posts reach millions and millions of people across the world. And that's the power of technology and storytelling to really put it in each of our hands and to be able to communicate to a wider audience. I think it's so important, for example, stories that have not been represented, that don't get the attention in the traditional press. We can share those stories of underrepresented people and experiences and really get it out there. In addition to storyteller and story seeker, you also have another title, which is CIO, not chief information officer, <laughs> as some listening might think, but I love this chief inspiration officer. What an incredible title. I love that title. I actually had a business card made just so I could have that title <laughs> on it. This is what I do in my volunteer capacity. It's an organization that I helped build from the very start. It's called KindWorks. And what we do is inspire action for a kinder world. That's our vision. And we make it easy for busy people 
to take part in volunteer activities. I think each one of us has a big heart. We want to give back. We want to do good in our communities. But often in the busyness of life, it gets sidetracked. It's difficult to know who to call and how to set up these uh, volunteer opportunities. Can we bring the kids? Can we do it on the weekend? All of the logistics. So we take care of the legwork. You go to our website and you'll see a range of activities that you can participate in. And it can be an hour or two, or it can be a longer commitment, whatever suits your schedule. We take the excuses out of volunteering by making it easy. And my role in that is CIO, Chief Inspiration Officer. I just want to inspire people to do good. And it's a beautiful role to be in. I think good stories beget kindness. And I'll share one project. In fact, I hope your listeners will join us in this. It's something called Kind Soup. During the pandemic, we weren't able to get together and volunteer in the same way. So we came up with this idea of making a huge pot of soup from our kitchens. So everybody in their own kitchens, we would connect over Zoom and cook together, share stories together, share anecdotes about our grandmother's recipes, feel connected at a time when we were so disconnected. We would serve the soup to our families that evening and we would package the rest to take to food banks and shelters, to neighbors and healthcare heroes. It was a way that we could safely do good at a time when so many were suffering. Amazing, amazing. Would it be safe to say that in the 12 years that you've been storytelling, your storytelling abilities have gotten better over time? Humbly, I'd like to say. I hope so, and I think so. To be honest, Courtney, I never saw myself as a personal essay writer. I could write for organizations, I could write for issues, but I never really delved deeply sort of about my own stories or thought that I could convey them or convey the stories of others. But I think each one of us has a gift. If I can humbly say, I think this may be mine, to be able to really connect with people, to be the story seeker, to ask people the stories of their lives, to have them open up in a way that's personal and meaningful and heartfelt. And I think if there's a legacy that I'd like to leave, it would be this. And for me, it's captured in this one word, which is humankind. It's who we are, right? We're humankind. And I just want for each one of us to really put that definition of who we are into practice. See the human in each of us. And just lead with kindness. I love that. For those of us who have been deeply moved by the power of stories and who would love to become even better storytellers, is there any advice that you would give? Absolutely. First of all, when I do some of these storytelling workshops, often people say that, but we don't have a story to tell. We haven't lived sort of a interesting or exciting life. The one advice that I would like to say to everybody out there is you absolutely have stories inside you and they're worthy of of other people hearing them if you so choose or at least of you reflecting on them and capturing them in your own journals so we all uh, are grateful for something we have traditions that we value in our family we have wisdoms that we want to capture and share there's actually a quote by Muriel Ruckheiser, 
that the universe is made of stories, not atoms. And I think that is so true. Just the other day when I took my mom to the hairdresser, somebody who I've been seeing for decades, and it was around Mother's Day, and I asked him about his mom, about a lesson that he had learned from his mom. And he didn't have to think for a minute. It wasn't like, okay, let me reflect on that. And I found that is the case with everybody I've spoken to. There's just something that's right at the tip of their minds waiting to come out. And he said his mom taught him to really be happy with what he has, not to look over. And those were the words he uses, perhaps the literal translation from Vietnamese. But I thought it was so beautiful not to look over, just be content with what you have. And this is how this gentleman has lived his life. And the next hour and a half, he shared these beautiful stories of his mother who passed away 14 years ago. And we left feeling more connected to each other. He was beaming from ear to ear. He absolutely insisted that my mom wouldn't pay for her haircut because it was a way to honor his mom. And through these stories, he was able to share. I think we all want to know that our life matters, that our experiences are important, that the things we feel are valuable. And sometimes people are just waiting for someone to ask. And I would encourage everyone, just ask and make that connection. How can others learn more about what you're doing if they're interested in joining the cause? Oh, absolutely. The best way is perhaps to visit my website. It's www.salmahassanali.com. My stories are there, as well as information about my storytelling consulting initiatives. There's information about Kind Works and how you could join Kind Soup and some of our other projects. And please join me on Instagram. It's where I'm most active right now. It's at salma.hassan.ali. I also have a newsletter, so you can sign up for that on my website and get an occasional dose of inspiration in your inbox. Amazing. Salma, thank you so much for the time today and sharing your incredibly inspiring perspectives. It's, it's such a nice reminder about our ordinary stories and how important those are in bringing us together. Uh, and I'm so grateful that you are here to share your story with us. So thank you again. Thank you so much, Courtney. And it, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. I can speak about this all day, every day. I am so passionate about this. And thank you for the opportunity to share some reflections. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.